Hey guys, and welcome to the Family Business Indaba podcast. We are the voice of African family business, promoting generational wealth and generational legacies. And my name is Susan Tendi. And I am Nikia Amani. And we're going to be taking you through the journey of African family business. so much for joining us this morning for this session we're looking forward to um having you share with us you're welcome um so i'm going to let you introduce yourself and get into your presentation and uh, me and nikki will be just here if you need anything but we will um help with the question answer as soon as you're done okay that's good please go ahead Well, thank you very much to Nikkei and Sisi for this invitation to speak about entrepreneurial leadership in family business. Uh, let me first introduce myself. Uh, I'm Moha Yusuf. Uh, I've been with University Tun Abdul Razak, the university which I'm affiliated with for 22 years. Uh, on the other hand, I'm also a second generation of a family business, which was started by my father in the 80s. Hence, uh, I've been involved in mentoring, uh, coaching, advising, training, in addition to research and teaching. And I'm also uh, a member of the board of directors uh, of several companies. So that's about uh, myself. Uh, let me upload the presentation slides now. Well, I'll be talking about entrepreneurial leadership in family business. Uh, it will be based mainly uh, on a book that we published. Uh, Nikki and CC, can you see the slides that I've presented? No, you haven't shared your screen. Oh. Okay. Hold on, yeah. No problem. If you just um, share your screen, I think we'll, be, well, we'll let you know as soon as it comes up. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think I've got it. Yes, perfect. Yes. Okay. So the book was uh, edited and authored with... Uh, Professor Nicholas Barker, who is a senior education uh, leadership specialist at the East West Center in Honolulu, Hawaii. And the book basically describes 10 entrepreneurial leaders who we believe uh, demonstrated that entrepreneurship is not limited to just starting a small business new product development and the reduction of costs to remain competitive. And uh, we believe that they, is, they demonstrated that entrepreneurial leadership is far more extensive. And we describe them in the context of corporate entrepreneurship, intrapreneurship, uh, women entrepreneurship, family entrepreneurship, uh, 
technology or digital entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship. Uh, it was also greatly influenced. We were greatly influenced by Professor Alan Cohen and Professor Ramodita Sharma, uh, who published a book titled Entrepreneurs in Every Generation, How Successful Family Businesses Develop Their Next Leaders, whereby they describe the main characteristics of entrepreneurial leaders as consisting of uh, them being innovative and not just innovative, but they are flexible and intuitive. At the same time, it is combined with analysis and precision. So having these components, it, the entrepreneurial leaders uh, saw value creating opportunity within their capacity and resources. In the context of family businesses, we found that not just they, that they create value, but they also create well-being for the family and uh, stakeholders, including employees, uh, suppliers, uh, customers, and so on. This diagram uh, describes entrepreneurial leadership uh, as a field of study. So past literature and studies found uh, three perspectives of entrepreneurial leadership. Firstly, if we look at entrepreneurship within the domain of leadership, we will, we will tend to view or, or scholars tend to view that entrepreneurship is a style of leadership. And in the second perspective, where it is in the domain of entrepreneurship, so leadership is seen as an entrepreneurial mindset. So on one hand, if we look at from the domain of leadership, it is more like an approach, a method or, or a strategy, whereby from within the domain of entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial leadership is a way of thinking. But there is also a third perspective whereby it combines or interface the two dimensions, entrepreneurship and leadership. And this is where uh, scholars look at entrepreneurial leadership as a way of thinking and also a style of leadership. We also uh, describe the differences and similarities between transactional leadership, transformational leadership, and entrepreneurial leadership. Entrepreneurial leadership seems to be similar, more similar to transformational leadership. The differences lie in the focus and uh, in the focus uh, on the organization and change. Uh, this is in the case of transformational leadership whereby for entrepreneurial leadership, the focus is on opportunity and uh, the focus is on building and creating, like I've mentioned earlier, uh, creating value and well-being. Uh, the concept of entrepreneurial leadership, which was described by Thornberry, uh, stated that entrepreneurs 
or entrepreneurial leaders tend to look at things in the medium term or they 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 seems to have a medium term orientation whereby in the medium term they may exit their ventures but we found in family businesses this is different so in family businesses we discovered that entrepreneurial leaders have long term orientation and patience capital uh, this is due to the influence of the family family dimension as well as the stewardship orientation that they practice and they also seems to have a higher sense of responsibility and higher motivation to create well-being for the family and also stakeholders and because of this therefore they have a deep commitment towards building family business legacies we also found that because of paternalistic leadership or emotionality in the character we found that these entrepreneurial leaders uh, that entrepreneurial leaders in family businesses they are inspired they are excited passionate as well as devoted and they pursue they seem to pursue most of them uh, pursue participative leadership uh, this means that they involve uh, organizational members in decision making thereby that helps them to resolve conflicts uh, increase job satisfaction enrich work commitment and 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 increase acceptance of decisions so here in this presentation i will be discussing about five entrepreneurial leaders who owns who own family businesses uh, let me start with tansri dr muhammad nazmi muhammad saleh so tansri in malaysia is is a title uh, is kind of uh, what we regard as a lordship in the british system so tansri is a title which is given uh, which is a privilege and uh, because of a person's contribution to national nation building so tansri nazmi is an executive chairman of nadikop holdings singan bahad so he has three children in the business and his eldest son is also the group managing director uh, nadikop holdings was established in 1998 so it's been 22 years and it now has become uh, a family business group with 23 subsidiaries and they are involved in transportation manufacturing property and plantation defense and support services uh, they are well known uh, to be involved in government privatization projects mainly in public transportation uh, tansi nazmi is is also a uh, well known a well known leader because he was the ceo and chairman of proton which is the national car company so he sits in 
many boards of private and listed companies. So he believes that entrepreneurs must understand why they want to go into business and be able to create products which can survive through a product life cycle. So the one thing that I find uh, that uh, is quite distinctive about him because he started uh, as an academician, his work, his career was uh, at the beginning, he was an academician. And after a year, he left the academic world and joined Petronas, uh, the national oil and gas company. And he was uh, a marketing executive. So throughout his career in several corporations, climbing the corporate ladder, uh, I believe he has honed the skills of problem solving. And he reiterated this when we spoke to him, when we interviewed him. And he believes that this is a very important skill for an entrepreneurial leader in overcoming challenges. And it is also important an important skill in uh, in overcoming failures because uh, it is natural for us to make mistakes in making decisions and there will be times when the goings get uh, when when it become challenging uh, we have to rise to the occasion he also believes that an entrepreneurial leader must be capable of developing a good workforce that understands the leader and the business mission and vision. Next, uh, I would like to highlight a person by the name of Datuk Loy Tegnan, who is the group CEO of Taylor's Education Group. Uh, what we find interesting about uh, him uh, being a second generation uh, family business leader, uh, the family business was started by his father and it was a, a very big group involved in banking and financial services but this family business group collapsed in 1998 and even though dr loy who who uh, graduated uh, with after he graduated he joined the family business uh, he worked with the family business under the supervision of his father for, for several years. But at the age of 26, he decided to start his own business because uh, he felt that, you know, work in the family business was quite routine for him and he wanted challenge, he wanted something challenging. So he decided to pursue his own business. And over time, he created 23 businesses. So uh, I mentioned just now that the family business collapsed in 1998 and he came back uh, after that, he, he regrouped, he assembled the available resources and came back and took over Taylor's Education Group in 2003. And from there, from there he built the group and into what it is today, a big, a large group uh, in the area of education. 
He believes that an entrepreneurial organization is built on a culture which fosters learning, employees' personal development, and formation of a good team. So uh, he also said that the one thing that uh, he was not keen in doing previously with uh, his father's uh, with his father's business was that he felt that the family business was focused too much on revenues and profits, whereby he viewed that uh, when doing business, it should be a way to serve the community. And after taking the lead of the family business group uh, presently, uh, he, he, he focuses himself towards this, towards uh, creating well-being for the community and stakeholders, not just the family. When we interviewed him, uh, we did that at his house. And it was interesting that uh, the property uh, places not just uh, his, is not just where he, his family stays, he, his wife and his children, but it is also where his siblings uh, stay as well. So they have renovated the property to house uh, several families, including the mother is staying with them. So he has three siblings, and a few of them is in the business, and he has two children who, who are also in the business. So his, his, uh, he has a high degree of stewardship orientation, and this is because of the sense of his responsibility towards his siblings that his father uh, built in him. That was something that he always cherished about his father. He also believes that a great measure of an entrepreneurial leader's or manager's capability is the ability to grow an organization and an organization organically and inculcate good values among its employees. So he is not very keen uh, in mergers and acquisition. He believes in growing organ his organization uh, organically. The third entrepreneurial leader which we'd like to highlight here is Datuk Dr. Muhammad Razali, Muhammad Yusuf. Uh, who is the chairman of Nusantara Technologies Senjan Berhad. So Nusantara Technologies or Nusatech in short is involved in testing, uh, calibration and inspection services. So he started uh, his family business in 1991 uh, after he left the corporate world. Uh, he was an employee of Damlock uh, Malaysia for many years. So in 1991, uh, with a joint venture with Singapore Test Services Berhad, we set up Nusantara Technologies and Berhad. And in 2012, uh, he bought over the stake of Singapore Test Services. And uh, currently, his son, uh, his only son, he has three children. Uh, and his son is with him in the business, and he is grooming his son to be the successor. 
So, uh, Datuk Muhammad Razali believes that a successful entrepreneur is someone who is humble and not egoistic. And if a man who continuously consults and seeks advice from his mother and wife as a check and balance measure. So he believes that firstly, uh, the, the reason why he failed, so he encountered failure in, in doing business before, before 1991, before he set up Nusantara Technologies. And the reason, the main reason he said that caused his failure ego his own ego and and also because he didn't listen to, to his wife he didn't seek advice from his mother and wife and when he decided to to start nusantara technologies that is something that he upholds until now and his mother helped him uh, to start uh, to fund or to finance uh, nusantara uh, technologies he is also uh, very much, uh, he looks into the welfare of his employees. He believes that employees will follow and be loyal to a leader who cares about them and provides clear direction for the company. Uh, he also believes that the entrepreneurial leader believes in leadership by example, combined with the demonstration of many positive values and virtues. So he is, he is a philanthropist and he has contributed uh, not just money, but uh, his uh, sweat, equity, as well as, as, well as, as in various associations, uh, organizations, and uh, foundations, uh, particularly uh, contributing back to universities to higher education institutions and uh, associations where he holds uh, membership in the board uh, as well as uh, visiting fellow, uh, visiting scholar or lecturer uh, and he, he receives honorary uh, doctorate from uh, two universities. The lady that is being shown here is uh, Datuk Freda Muhammad Tilus, the founder and mentor of Chepaka Group of Schools. Uh, she no longer uh, manages uh, the, the group, the Chempaka Group, because now uh, the business is succeeded by her five sons. So she has five sons, uh, five children and all are boys. And all of them are now in the business. The eldest uh, leading as the CEO, as the current CEO of Chepaka Group of Schools. So Datuk Frida started as a diplomat. And eventually, uh, because she felt that she wanted to educate her children herself, she decided to start a school. And this school was started in 1983. So it has been 37 years and it was built by the ideals of, uh, you know, the ideals that she uphold or upheld 
until now is that the school is by a family for a family. Right? That is the belief or idealism uh, shared by her and with her employees, her children and her students. That the school is by a family for a family. And therefore, uh, Chempaka has been built and developed into a, a family, the Chempaka family. So he's, she's a true matriarch. And, and uh, she believes that the first teacher for any child or student is, is the mother. So in Chempaka group of schools, uh, she believes that students need to be creative and to be developed as independent learners. So she said that successful women entrepreneurs play many roles, not just as mothers, but also as matriarchs to the business. And they are able to mobilize the entire team towards a common vision. She also believes that leaders should walk the talk and this will shape the team culture and inspire others to follow suit. So in Malaysia, we have, we have had this vision called Vision 2030. And when Chempaka Group was growing, so the concept or the spirit of entrepreneurship is also ingrained in the development of the, of the organization. So, the so she felt that entrepreneurs uh, in aligning the country's Vision 2030 should foresee and understand the changes and demands of what is to come for the country and focus less narrowly, narrowly on finding solutions for current problems. The fifth uh, entrepreneurial leader that we'd like to highlight here is Farida Ahmad Fazil, the co-founder of Tanamera Group. So Tanamera is involved in skincare training and and a spa company. It was started in 1995, uh, but in 2000, the Tanamera brand was uh, created. Tanamera means red earth. In, in Malay and uh, it is branded as a premium product. It is a global brand, now a global brand. It is popular in Europe and in Japan and other Asian countries. Now they have 120 products in the retail line and uh, the product is manufactured uh, by them, by the by the company itself, by the family business itself. So Farida's mother started the family business. It started as a Tupperware business. And then the, his, uh, her mother went into herbal products, selling herbal products. So Farida and her siblings, she has two siblings, uh, see themselves as second generation herbalists specializing in tropical herbs. So the, the group, the, the group of companies is now towards professionalizing uh, by bringing in non-family managers. And there are some third generation who are already in the business, but they, uh, they take up the role uh, as employees. 
So Farida believes that an entrepreneur devotes a lot of effort and passion to what he or she is doing because only when one enjoys the entrepreneurial journey can one lead her or his team to greater heights. She also believes in the next generation development and, and cares that this is a key in ensuring the continuity and sustainability of a family business. Entrepreneurial leaders should also find ways to expand their businesses globally. And that's what uh, Tanamera is doing. Uh, at the same time, Tanamera continues to uphold the brand value. Staying true to what it is uh, from the beginning that it started. So these were the five entrepreneurial leaders that uh, we've described uh, in the book, which, which uh, or who own uh, family businesses. So we believe that in in uh, entrepreneurial entrepreneurial leaders uh, in family businesses, they also shape entrepreneurship ecosystem because they are able to capture and refine business opportunities, and this is done through assembling resources within and outside the organization. So the opportunities are something that they find or they identify themselves, or it can also be uh, something that are presented to them. But entrepreneurial leaders know how to shape and mold the opportunities. And they will grow their businesses, their organizations, and expand it uh, to the industry uh, from uh, a, a specific location. It, they will grow it to the state level, for example, or to the to the whole country, and uh, and later they will expand it uh, to the regional level, thereby becoming key movers and players uh, in the ecosystem. And we believe that that leaders of family businesses, they are able to do this perhaps much better than non-family businesses because of their orientation, of their long-term orientation, because of their belief in creating not just value, but also well-being. And also, what, what is distinct about entrepreneurial leaders in family businesses is that they have patience. They have high patience capital and they are able to persist over a long period of time because of the patience capital. So that's the contention that uh, we've described and uh, propounded in the book entrepreneurial leaders shaping the Malaysian entrepreneurship ecosystem. So uh, I mentioned that there are 10 leaders, but these are the five leaders uh, who own family businesses. And uh, the focus uh, in the book was on these founders, but uh, we hope that later on we will be uh, researching further 
into the next generation who are succeeding and taking over the business. So we hope to see that these businesses will continue uh, and continue to to develop the entrepreneurship ecosystem in Malaysia. And with that, uh, I thank you. Um, thank you, Docs. Uh, thank you, Professor Yusuf. Um, that was very enlightening and an interesting presentation. I would like to get to know the other five leaders to your book, most definitely. Yes, please do. <laughs> um, is there any way that people can get your book? Yes, uh, later I will, I will provide my email address. I think it is in the, my, uh, how to connect with me. Mm -hmm. uh, that it is in that slide. And okay. uh, just email to me and I will provide the ebook version of, of it. All right, perfect. Right, we have some questions that are coming through our chat and one of them is what what are the challenges that you have seen that entrepreneurial leaders face? Well, the challenges, one of them, I think a very pertinent challenge is uh, is growing the, the, the family business. Uh, it, this is in the context of family business, growing the family business. And because they need to uh, form a team that shares their vision. So communication uh, and uh, building, developing the vision, creating that direction, and continuously motivating and training uh, the team and employees. Uh, we, when we interviewed these leaders, we also tried to uncover how they train, how they lead their employees. Uh, and how they were able uh, to motivate them to assist because they can grow their bis the business alone, right? Uh, even if they were, even if they succeeded the family business, it requires a lot of efforts uh, to develop the business. And this is the challenge, the biggest challenge, and the biggest uh, and in growing the business. It is important to uh, inspire and motivate people, uh, particularly not just the family members, but also employees. We have another one. Um, of the entrepreneurial leaders you have studied, which of the leaders have managed to be successful most generationally? Okay. So what we find uh, in Malaysia particularly, uh, there are not many family businesses which have gone past the third generation. Uh, not many are in the fourth or in the fifth generation. Uh, most family businesses are still in the second generation. So in terms of continuity, in terms of longevity, uh, we have yet to see um, more family businesses which uh, which are able to cross over the third generation and and there is I think everyone uh, know everyone knows about this uh, adage that uh, 
family businesses tend to fail or tend to crumple, crumble uh, when it reaches the third generation. But there was a landmark study uh, done and sponsored by Family Firm Institute. I believe it was uh, done in 2017, whereby the study found that if a family business uh, is able to create a group of companies, meaning they they own more than uh, more than uh, one business, meaning they have they own uh, three four businesses, then the probability of uh, continuity, the probability of longevity and sustainability is better, uh, is higher compared to a family which owns only one business. Uh, that was the uh, the key finding of that landmark study in 2017. Uh, yes. right. And which values or traits enable an entrepreneurial leader to expand internationally? successfully yes i think the the mindset uh, i think one one needs and the entrepreneurial leader needs to have courage needs to be brave because growing business internationally uh, there will be a lot of risk involved and and i think this is where when I mentioned earlier that uh, we were greatly influenced by the by the uh, by Professor Alan Cohen and Professor Pramodita Sharma, when they say that uh, entrepreneurial leaders, the the key characteristics of entrepreneurial leaders is not that they just follow their intuition, their gut feel. Uh, they are flexible. But at the same time, they use analysis and precision. And combining these uh, two components, two, two key elements, that would enable them to focus uh, and shape uh, opportunities. And, not, and I believe with courage, uh, entrepreneurial leaders will be able to bring their organization uh, to the global a global platform. Awesome. We have another one. Um, when leaders are focused on being entrepreneurial, does it always translate to the business adopting the same values and maintaining it as it grows much bigger? Well, I would like to share uh, what we found with uh, Dr. Lloyd Tegnan, one of the five leaders that I presented just now. So he said that uh, when he started when he when he creates uh, businesses, what he does first is to form the team, and later develop the people, and allow the people to create the culture uh, and values for the organization, right? And meaning that uh, it is not just the values of the founder or the entrepreneurial leader that is being inculcated, but also the values of the people. And if, let's say, the values of the family is dominant and is the family is able to share the same values with its employees, then, then it will become the culture of the organization. 
But Dato Loy said that uh, he allows every business to to have its own uh, values and culture, right? And I think that is a good thing to do. But in the case of the Taylor's of Taylor's Education Group, he he believes that uh, even though they have, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there are about five to six businesses under the Taylor's Education Group. But uh, he has set, uh, he and his team has set six core principles or, or six core values that uh, this five and six organization must follow. Uh, but uh, he also says that it is something that needs to be uh, cultivated uh, together with the people in the organization. Then how do entrepreneurial leaders ensure that the next gens are groomed in the same way? Well, okay, this is something related to in, in terms of their entrepreneurial spirit or entrepreneurial leadership. I think that is the challenge faced by many entrepreneurs and founders or family business leaders. And I feel that we shouldn't impose our own uh, way of doing things on the next generation. We need to build on their strengths. We need to uh, identify their weaknesses, try to help them to overcome their weaknesses, but most importantly, to build on the strengths of the next generation members. So we have to, uh, as an entrepreneurial leader, coaching or training uh, or facilitating the growth of uh, a next generation member. Uh, if if I am in that position, I would. Uh, I would find out what are the strengths of the next generation member and build on that and uh, try to assist uh, him or her to overcome his or her weakness or weaknesses and and allow them to grow allow them to build that entrepreneurial spirit and innovation and that's how we can uh, continue the entrepreneurial spirit within the organization. If we, if we uh, suppress, if we suppress their thoughts and their and their needs or their strengths, uh, we suppress them. Then uh, we will not be able to develop them. Uh, we we may think that we are trying to develop them into us but but even though uh, every child every child is different and our own child even though the child carries our dna the child is still different from us in in several ways so we need to be able to see uh, and help our child or the next generation member to develop themselves, their own character, right? So we should be coaching and developing that rather than imposing our 
our character on them or our beliefs on them. And the last one, um, so in Nigeria, we have a phenomenon where female founders are biased towards their sons in terms of succeeding and taking over the business. I was just intrigued, is this the same in Malaysia? Yes, there is a tendency that uh, males are preferred uh, to females. Um, but I think there are also instances whereby we see that uh, next generation uh, female members are more willing to take the helm or to take leadership. This may not be the uh, the majority, but there are instances, and this is what I mean when I say uh, we need to develop the next generation, whether he is whether the next generation member is uh, a male or female, uh, to and and identify which is better uh, suited uh, to assist to grow the business, the family business, rather than imposing uh, our son uh, to take over the business when he is not willing. Uh, because um, there are four bases of motivation for the next generation, for the next gen. First is uh, the motivation or the, that he or she has a desire, has a desire and uh, see this as an opportunity to build or to innovate the family business. So this is the first motivation. The second motivation is obligation, meaning he or she uh, continues with the business or joins the family business because of obligation. The third uh, motivation is because of uh, greed right because that uh, believing that by joining the family business that uh, he will be of a great advantage compared if he or she uh, was to work with others uh, other companies and the fourth motivation is is due to uh, the feeling or the belief that uh, the family business is the meaning that uh, this is the the only opportunity available the family business is the only opportunity available to him or her uh, and if he or she was to work in other companies then they will not get the same uh, privilege or treatment that they are getting so these are the four bases of motivation and in most instances, uh, if the motivation is the first one, that is the, the greatest. Uh, but if it is the first and the second, the desire or the opportunity to, to, uh, to continue to build the family business and also as an obligation uh, to the family, uh, these are still positive, this will bring positive impact uh, to the family business. But if they are motivated by the third, uh, the third type or the fourth type of motivation, then that will have a negative impact on the family business.
Um, thank you so much, Professor Yusuf, for your time this morning. Just before, You're I think that was, that was the last question we had. And just before we sign off, I'd like you to just share again how people can get hold of you and uh, they can access your book. Okay. So this is how uh, you can connect with me. Uh, there's uh, an email address, ymoha at unirazak.edu.my. Uh, there's also my LinkedIn page and Twitter. Uh, but feel free to email me and I will uh, email back uh, a copy of the ebook. Brilliant. Thank you so, so much. And um, thank you for sharing with us this morning. You're welcome. Thank you, CC and okay. Nikki. Nice. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. You too.